I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestle Plug Podcast. I'm the Egyptian Death Machine, Aaron Nix. But that's not important. What is important is my guest today, arguably the best-looking wrestler in the world. He is, of course. I mean, look at him. Look at him. The pretty boy, Jake Hollister, has finally arrived in tow. How's it going, brother? Dude, it's great. You make me blush out here. What a way to start my Friday, being with the most handsomest, podcast host in all the world some might say oh he's he's too sweet isn't he he's too sweet um yeah man no i i'm really excited to have you i've only met you the once in person i was at cwp last year for reborn uh immediately hit it off thought you had a great vibe great professionalism just everything that people should want to be in professional wrestling um but for the people who haven't seen you before especially the English audience, because you only had a small sample size when you came over back in November of last year. Um, what's Jake Hollister all about in the professional wrestling world? Uh, Jake Hollister is all about the emo scene right now. Uh, for those who don't know who I am, uh, king of the emo scene, some might say. Uh, very, very big into horror movies. Um, definitely inspired my, like, last i want to say year or so even in november 2020 you kind of saw a little touch of it but um definitely have been incorporating a lot of horror movies as you guys can see currently rocking my uh good guy sweater from child's play uh but yeah no it's all about the good times and the emo times here yeah, you have a great hybrid style, a wrestler who can work on the ground, who can work in the air, um, just a great all-round talent, a great look. Obviously, we've mentioned the fact that you're ridiculously good-looking, which obviously helps uh, in our business, no question. That's why he getting more bookings than I am. Um, but the bottom line is, like in the last year, what's really cool is I saw you back in November. You'd had a bit of exposure in the business. You've been working for, you know, a few years, but like this last year has just been lights out for you. You've wrestled some of the best independent talent in the world. Um, and you got the chance to sample a bit of that as well when you came over here, because you got to wrestle Jody Fly. So let's rewind back to November. You come over with the legend that is Franco Varga, the biggest wrestler ever. He is huge. Uh, and yeah, he's doing all right as well, it seems. Doing pretty well for himself right now. Uh, obviously, we're going to touch on things like first time ever and stuff like that. But talk to me briefly about the first time for you, because I believe that was your first time on British soil and particularly wrestling on British soil. Yeah, no, that was actually my first time over there wrestling or non-wrestling related. Um, the moment I landed at in London, I like, butterflies nerves like super ecstatic like over here going over to the uk especially for wrestling is definitely a to-do like that's a wrestler's dream i i think it's the uk and japan like those are the two spots everyone stateside keeps like telling people that's where they want to go so definitely having the opportunity to fly over there and getting to do what i love to do was definitely like a dream come true and I would definitely say having someone like Franco by my side who's been there a handful of times, I think he's, what, five or six tours over there by now, uh, definitely helped calm me down 
but like, dude, like my first tour, I got to wrestle Jody Fleisch. Apparently, that's very unheard of. Like, I was talking to a couple guys over there, and they still haven't had a match with him, and they live over there. So it was definitely a big honor for me to get my feet wet in the UK scene with him, especially for my first time over. But wrestling is wrestling. Um, as soon as the bell rings, I get I get in my comfort zone. I get, get back in home, and it's all about having fun. Uh, the chemistry over there with everyone who I wrestled with was definitely, like, different. So – Night one, I was uh, at Bolton Town Wrestling, and I was in the ring with Philip uh, Thompson, I believe. Uh, definitely younger guy. Uh, very much just back and forth pace. Uh, groundwork with a few hard hit moves. And then the next night, go wrestle Jody Flesh, who was very high pace, very like, oh, we got to like one-up each other the entire match. And then to end the tour was seated. WP having that uh 24-7 dirty championship match so like three shows three completely different styles of matches definitely tested my skills as a wrestler and definitely built my self-confidence up on who I am because it's three very different styles so that's the one thing I loved about going over there again to experience all of that and just the UK culture and like general uh, there it's very similar but very different at the same time in the U.S. Luckily, there's no language barrier, so it's not like I had to learn a language. Um, but the food was so much better. Like, I think one of the worldwide staples is McDonald's. I feel like it's worldwide, easily comparable. Your guys is McDonald's so much better than ours. Really? <laughs> yeah. Our McDonald's over here is super greasy, like, I'll eat it and just feel terrible. Over there, dude, like, the chicken was actual chicken. The uh, french fries were, like, actually cut potatoes and wasn't processed. It was just so much cleaner. So, like, the moment I have an opportunity to go back over there, I would love to come back over there and just enjoy it again. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned McDonald's, actually. like One of my favorite memories in wrestling, because I've been in the business for about five or six years, but I've only been doing a lot of the strong media work, the camera stuff, for just over a year now. And one of my favorite memories of all time is me, you, Franco, and uh, Damien, just sat there eating McDonald's before the show, just chilling, like listening, like absorbing knowledge, you know, from Franco sitting there, he's talking about AW and Impact and, you know, the way TV's done in America. It's, like, it's just such a cool moment to be respected enough that you can sit there and listen in. I think that's what really shone through from both of you when you came over was, you know, we definitely had this attitude of these are, these are big stars, you know, we're just the scrubs, isn't it? And you know, the humble nature and the love and the time that was taken to talk to everyone was just uh, such a credit to the United States independence scene. It really was. When you arrived, um, when you've had that first match, how different is it wrestling regularly on the independence scene in America to Britain? What were like the first things that really stood out to you for Well, That's very different to what we do. So definitely just besides the crowd, you 
in the UK, like the first match was very ground based, very technical. Um, over here, it's very fast paced, like spot, 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 spot. What's next? Over there, it's all right, arm ringer. We're gonna work this like for a good minute. Then, like, it, it was nice to slow down. Because over here, like smaller guys, it's very fast-paced. We got to keep it up. Got to keep the match going. Um, so that was like one of the biggest difference is taking our time and making it a little bit more meaningful over there versus, all right, how many flips and dives can we fit in over here? And uh, yeah, that it was definitely like it opened my eyes and I took from what I learned over there and incorporated more over here. So I'm definitely a little bit more technical since my trip over there because I want to do this for 30 years. I want the guy I'm wrestling to do it for 30 years. So I'm only 24. I, I'll pull out the big stuff when I need it, but like definitely the psychology over there has taught me and I incorporated everything I learned over here. I definitely say my back's not as sore anymore. <laughs> um, That's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. There, there yeah, was a time where I would wrestle over here, wake up, and it's like, oh, am I 24 or am I 54? But um, definitely learned a lot over there. And like I said, it's just bettered my body. I'm not taking as many, I don't want to say stupid bumps, but risky bumps that I don't need yeah. to. So. Yeah, we've, um, the European style has always been about making it make sense. So I'm not saying the Americans don't do that, but we're like, very disciplined about that. It was one of the first things I was taught in training. What are you doing that for? What are you doing that for? Why are you doing that? You know, we really overanalyze everything, which makes the craft better in some ways. Can be worse in others because then all of a sudden, you know, you kind of lose the flow a little bit at times. And that's something that I've always struggled with, especially being a bigger guy, not being a cruiserweight. Um, you know, for me, I, I like a well-paced, slower match anyway, because it doesn't make sense. Why should I, you know, even if I could, which obviously I can't, but you know, I wouldn't do a shooting star. I wouldn't do a, a moon star. I wouldn't do these high octane flips. You know, I would be very ground and pound based, very submission based. So um yeah, the psychology is different. And the Americans have a, you know, the indie-rific style over there is all of a sudden translated into like modern wrestling in places like AEW, for instance, I've noticed is a lot more high-octane, high-powered stuff, which I like, but I don't like watching it for two or three hours. You know, I'm one of these people who's like, put two guys on the card who can do that, you know, the ricochets, the Will Ospreys, let them just go fucking crazy and then bring someone else to the table in each match because variety is very important over here. Um, what's probably, just as a very quick sort of tangent, what do you think is the worst trait that American wrestling has? Not necessarily in the sense of that's just terrible, but it's something that they shouldn't be doing as much. What, like, if you had a choice, if you were in charge of American wrestling and you said, right, this is something we need to kind of cut back on because I feel like it hurts our sport. What would be that one thing for you? A lot of people hoke up for finishers. So especially super kicks. Everyone knows I use a super kick. Um, but a lot of times lately, you'll see people taking like a Canadian destroyer and just getting right back up. Dude, you just landed on your neck. How are you getting back up? Yeah. Um, I did notice that's like been a thing for the past year and a half year. It's move, give up, give a move, back up. 
okay, now what? We both did very big moves that are supposed to keep us down for a three count, and we're just popping back up. Now what are we supposed to do? Because I believe with wrestling, it's always leading up to something bigger. Like the structure of a match, that's why the finisher is typically the biggest move in the match. Because that's, that's it. That's how you keep your opponent down for three. And I feel like here, it's very... That art is almost not forgotten, but kind of forgotten at some points. So definitely selling. The art of selling has almost gone down here. So especially for smaller guys. Yeah, it's I'm I'm such an old man. Like that's that's quite like that that warms my heart a little bit because obviously you're a young guy, 24, 25, you know, like really sort of just just really starting to hit your stride in professional wrestling. And a lot of people would expect you to be quite naive, I imagine, and sort of think, oh, okay, here comes pretty boy Jake Hollister. He's shredded to the gills. This kid's gonna go flying all over the place. And then they realize, no, this is a proper professional wrestler. And I am a bit of a curmudgeon, and I am one of these people who's like, look, if you're gonna do a 450 splash, that's cool. Don't hit it and then kick out a one. That pisses me off. Stuff like that annoys me because what you're doing is telling the audience that is a meaningless move. Because then all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, if he's kicking out a one, then he's going to have to do something even more extraordinary. And then you're starting putting your body at risk. You're starting to push the boundaries of what we're doing. And you're forgetting about, like you say, selling, psychology, all the important aspects. This is a show. This is theater. We're supposed to be providing a performance, not just a routine. That's where people fall into that trap a little bit for me. Um, the match you had with Jody Fleisch, um, obviously, for people who are watching, the British people will know. Uh, for the American fans watching, especially like your friends and family and stuff like that, uh, they won't realize, or maybe they will, and if they do, more power to them. Jake um, obviously wrestled Jody Flush. Jody Flush is considered one of the pillars of British wrestling. So when British wrestling was, believe it or not, very unpopular, really struggling about 10, 15 years ago, he was one of the guys that was keeping that afloat. You know, he's been in the business 20 plus years, still shredded, still crazy high flying, still an amazing athlete, and he's considered royalty. So your second match in, you get to wrestle him. Were you aware of how important Jody Fleisch was to the British wrestling scene going in? Because I imagine that might have affected how you're feeling going into a match like that. Or does it motivate you? So Franco did give me like a heads up, like, hey, this might happen. There's always like there's no certainties. Card subjects change. But um the moment he like actually broke it down for me and like did I did the research. It motivates me because it's like if I can hang with the guys, like the top guys, like that's where I want to be because not with just Jody Fleisch. Um, this year alone, I wrestled a former NXT star, Leon Ruffin, and same mindset. It was like, all right, this dude's been to where most guys want to be. If I can hang toe-to-toe with him, that just is it's a selfish thing but it gives me myself like insurance of hey i'm making my childhood dream come true like i'm making five-year-old jake proud so when i learned i was wrestling him yeah you know got excited got the butterflies 
little little nerves. Nerves are always going to be there. But it definitely made me want to push myself to be better than I was the day before. And no matter who we are wrestling, whenever I'm on a show with Franco, we always try to outdo each other. We always try to, like, one-up each other. Um, either him throwing a super kick in his match to, you know, give a little wink-wink to me or me throwing a Superman punch in mine. Um, so definitely also having that as a motivation helps me. Like, all right, I'm here with the best. If I'm going to prove that I should be in the UK scene, this is one of the guys I got to do it with. Um, and after the match, it was, it was like, dude, you did it. You hung with one of the best that the UK has produced. Um, and over here, a lot of pe- I don't want to say a lot of people, but a lot of people outside of wrestling don't know. Um, and I'm just like, it was a big deal. Like, I'm pretty sure some boys in the back were a little either jealous or that here comes uh, this American first tour over again to wrestle UK legend when they haven't had that match yet. I don't even think Franco had that match yet. Um, well, he got the wrestle Doug Williams, so it's not a bad uh, trade-off. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, but, I'm, I'm pretty sure he got to eat at the table pretty well that night. <laughs> uh, but, like, and then afterwards, just getting the feedback from Jody and Doug, because Doug was up there watching, and, like, cool. there's actually a photo I have printed out and framed in my room. It's me, Jody, Doug, and Franco. All after the show, all you know, dressed down. It's a photo that a lot of people don't get to take. So two of the like UK legends and them telling me I have room to everyone has room to grow. That's what I strive for. I don't strive to be perfect. I want you to tell me what I suck at. That way I can learn, I can fix it, and I become better. Like, that's just my life motto. I've always been an athlete, so that's always been my mindset. But um, hearing them tell me, hey, grow a little, gain a little bit self-confidence in yourself, and sky's the limit. So hearing that from them, definitely, like, I got to come back. I got to get better, and I have to come back to show Doug and Jody that I took what they said and, like, actually applied it. So, yeah, man, it was definitely, like, one of those moments that's going to stick with me for as long as hopefully I can remember. <laughs> Tell you what excites me most about that is the fact that you've said, like, you know, there is no perfect. You've always got room to grow. Um, and that applies to everything we do. Like, as a videographer, I'm starting to get recognition as one of the better names in the business. And yet... For me, I'm always like, yeah, I don't care what you think is good. I care what you think is shit so that I can improve that. Like, I'm excited by that. I like critiques. I like criticism. I like constructive advice because I feel like that's where I'm going to grow. That's where I'm going to get the meat of the matter. Um, And it's really cool hearing that from a 24-year-old wrestler with the talent you have because a lot of guys I know who don't have nearly as much talent as you have maybe 10 more years in the business than you do and still have that attitude of like, oh, I don't need criticism. I'm there. You know, I'm good enough. Man, that's 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 lazy. And also, that's a it's a bad position to be in. If you think you're good enough, then you're not going to strive to be the best. You're not going to strive to make your opponent look good. Um, 
And then obviously the final feather, the Tories CWP. Now, you know, uh, thankfully you're a, a nice guy who doesn't really care about people's bullshit, but it has quite a reputation, CWP. Um, it's one of these companies, for whatever reason, that uh, is much maligned, especially by local promotions around it. Some criticisms are fair, some are just ridiculous and abusive and whatever it might be. Bottom line is it's a charity wrestling promotion. It makes money for charity. It tries to put on an entertaining show. You get to work on a show um, and you're put in this dirty 24-7 scramble match. Uh, now, I don't know how much you heard about it after the fact. Caused a lot of controversy on the internet. Um, upset a lot of old people, dinosaurs, veterans. They were like, oh, you these young people. And, you know, people hated it. They said it wasn't wrestling, blah, blah, blah. Now, the match itself isn't without critiques and stuff like that. I'm sure Franco's probably had a word about it. I definitely offered my sort of two cents to the guys. But you're in the match with Ebenezer de Giza, Dirty Dave Dennis, the 24-7 champion. Uh, my two wrestling sons, as I like to call them, the bromance, Aaron Cruz and Cameron Anderson. That was one of Cameron's first ever opportunities to wrestle, which was very cool. And then, of course, um, Frankie T as well. He's one of my dearest friends who also runs IWE over here. So... Shout out to him. And also, you know, he'll probably be desperate to book you when he hears you coming back over, <laughs> which is always a good thing. Um, it's a well-paid gig as well, so I highly recommend it. But it's one of those things where you're in a match that's quite much maligned. And a lot of the arguments for this match were that the guys in the match weren't trained enough, they weren't professional enough, the match was hokey. Um, ignoring that, what was your feeling of that match? Because it wasn't a traditional wrestling match. And we made it very clear from the get-go, this is going to be as we like to call it, shithousery, shenanigans. This is going to be stupidity in a lot of ways. But at the same time, we felt that that would be a good position for you because you could help bring these other guys up because you were, by far and away, in my opinion, the best wrestler in the match. So let's turn the tables and look at WWE's 24-7. When has that belt ever been, like, defended in a legitimate singles match rarely the 24 7 belt has always been shenanigans it's always been a way for the boys to have fun kind of let loose a little um whether it's wrestlers referees announcers people outside the business um it's just one of those things where when you see 24 7 you know it's it's gonna be lighthearted. Um, and it was definitely a fun little break um, in the tour because, you know, night before wrestling Jody Fleisch and it was just nice to kind of sit back and really just have fun. It was um, definitely interesting to see uh, your wrestling son's nerves when they found out I was in the match. Um, shout out to them. They do keep in contact with me. I do get DMs on Instagram all the time from them. Um, yeah, but it was definitely like the main event was Franco and Joel, right? Yeah, that was like our sort of marquee match. That was that main event in the first half. And then obviously we had the big rumble, which we were also in right after the 24-7 scramble. Um, but yeah, like we had what we were looking for was variety. We had matches with legends. We had this incredible blockbuster indie match, which has done like 4,000 views on YouTube. So obviously it must have done something right. Um, you know, and then obviously we had the scramble, the rumble, um, loads, of, loads of different things, you know, loads of things that just worked. Uh, yeah, no, it was definitely a show full of variety. And that's what a lot of 
like companies are missing. Uh, yeah, it was definitely your haha comedy match. You know, it wasn't. No one would look at that match and expect a five star Dave Meltzer match. They're expecting, you know, the laughs, the cheers, the what kind of deals. And it served its purpose. It did. Um, and unfortunately, no matter where you go in wrestling, there's always going to be the pushback from either other promotions, vets, uh, just difference of opinions. But as long as the fans enjoyed it, that's what we're here for. So me personally, I had a fun time doing it. I hope all the other boys had fun doing it. Uh, definitely would love to work with everyone, either individually, tag, however we get whatever match booked. Definitely would love to work with them. But, uh, yeah, the fatal seven-way? Seven Five-way? Uh, six-way. The so, uh, scramble. Th- yeah. Yes. Yes. The six-way scramble, was, it served its purpose. And I think everyone came out a lot, ha- like, happier like the endorphins were firing off and i had people after the show come up to the table and be like hey you're great thank you <laughs> it's like it's what i'm here for <laughs> yeah no it was it was great i think what i loved was the fact that the fan base really were very receptive to you uh, ever since you came over CWP fans still talk about Jake Hollister. They still talk about Franco Varga. You know, these were these were stars that we were able to afford them an opportunity to see. And you guys were so gracious in taking the booking. Because let's be real, when you're of that level of talent, especially yourself now and Franco, uh, you know, who has been lights out for the best part of ten years, um, they don't. Ha- you, you know, you guys don't have to wrestle CWP. I thought it was a really good lesson in humility that you know what, like take the bookings and if the bookings there enjoy it like do something different you know try something different you're not always going to be in like you say the Meltzer five-star classic and to be honest you don't have to be either if if that's all you do is have a match that's trying to cater towards Dave Meltzer it's kind of one-dimensional after a while it's kind of why I tune out a lot of the AEW product is because those these guys are great at what they do but you know what there's only so much I want to watch the Young Bucks have a five-star flippy match. I want to see them do other things. I want to see them in different gimmicks. I want to see them, you know, stretching themselves and evolving themselves in different ways and molding themselves into different kinds of wrestling. Um, And that's something that you seem very open to doing. So obviously the UK tour is your first UK tour. Great time. Um, Got to ask you a few fucking boring ass standard questions. Um, (laughs) you, You said British food was actually better than you think so one of the biggest knocks we get especially from americans is our food is shit um like our general sort of cuisine and stuff like that what was your experience with the general food i know you said mcdonald's was really good which is surprising because everyone hates it over here although they consume it like crazy um what was your general kind of feel for the culture for the environment for the architecture everything like that so i like one of my favorite things to do is when i'm talking to my friends outside of business tell them about the uk and the moment like the moment it gets brought up all i do is start pulling up the pictures of all the like historical buildings castles just like the architecture pictures because i was having a conversation with someone last night actually about japan and how japan really preserves their culture and like their history and all that stuff here in america we kind of don't uh lately it's been oh, this is part of history. We don't like it. We're just going to 
tear it down or completely ignore it. Like, and that's the thing about history. You can't take the good without the bad. Not saying the bad's good. Like, I'm not here justifying, hey, everything we did was perfect, but it's what made America, America. But definitely going over there, uh, actually one of my favorite spots was called Chicken Joint. And Franco and I found it by accident in London. So it was night one. I think it was almost 12 a.m. over there. Um, and we're just walking the city doing, you know, touristy things. And we see like a little hole in the wall uh, spot that's open. You had to like climb up this shady makeshift step to get into this building. And when I tell you, it was like the best like chicken I've had. I don't know what they cooked it with, but like it was hot. It was like it was cold outside. So the hot food definitely helped. But like I was telling Frank, I was like, dude, I'm craving chicken joint. It was like, word, let's go. <laughs> um, so that's what's kind of been in the motions of hopefully a second tour, ironically. Um, but yeah, dude, it was just nice to go over there. Uh, I guess the biggest comparison is New York City versus London. Mm. City's very high-paced um, atmospheres. Uh, definitely London was cleaner than New York City, for wow. sure. Yeah. Um, and the, it was just a breath of fresh air of seeing a different culture change because not many people get to experience life outside their home country. So definitely when I'm over, like, no matter where I go, I'm always going to take that moment and appreciate what's around me. It's very cool. Cause, um, it's, it's, it's so stereotype, you know, oh, British people have bad teeth. British people are ugly. Americans are fat. Americans have diabetes. You know, there's all these different things flying back and forth. And I'm like, like me personally, I love America. Like I've been twice. I've been to Washington and New York. And both times were like times of my life, like incredibly. And now my big dream is to work in America, you know, hopefully wrestle some sort of small little kind of side indies and stuff. Because obviously I'm not going to be wasting my time getting in a ring with the high end guys because I don't want to embarrass myself or their time. But um, for me, like the excitement, the idea of being able to come over, bring on my camera gear and make like a cool cinematic show for you guys, work an event over there. That's that's the dream. And that's something I've obviously communicated to a few people. Um, you know, I, 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 I think it's amazing that we can in this day and age wrestle all over the world. We don't have to just wrestle in our local town. We don't have to wrestle in our state or our county or whatever it might be. We can go further afield. We can go to the other side of the country. People forget America's fucking huge. Like it's massive. Like Britain, tiny little island. And yet we've been able to form an independent scene, which is just as strong as yours, if not stronger in certain places, you know, have each got strengths and weaknesses. And yet we've got this, you know, tiny landmass by comparison. Um What's what's travel like? Because when I spoke to Franco on the podcast, he said that one of the things that really stuck out to him that he couldn't believe was so in America, say you got a gig, you know, wherever it might be, Illinois, Minnesota, um, you know, it's a fairly straight line shoot. You can get a plane and then get a car or whatever or a bus, you know, you got the Greyhound buses and things like that. Um, whereas over here, it was like, okay. You know, I've got a show in Burnley or, you know, for PCW in Lancashire. It's not a straight shot. You got to do this <laughs> like all over the place to get to places. How was the travel for you, the experience of like traveling and the public sort of transport? Because I know I was 
instrumental in setting up your public transport to get you down to Southampton, which I appreciate is a massive trek. But in America, what we don't realize is that like you guys are used to traveling hundreds of miles you know, on a day-to-day basis for things like this. For us, that's a big deal. We make such a big deal out of, oh, I'm going to travel two, three hundred miles. I'm going to have to make a weekend of it, you know, because we're not used to that big landmass. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, Probably pre-COVID-19, Franco and I actually used to wrestle in Maine. And for those who don't know their geography of the U.S., Maine is at, like, the tippy top of the country, right by Canada. And it's a 14-hour drive. So we used to go drive that 14 hours, wrestle maybe two, three matches each at one show, and then drive 14 hours right back in the same day. Yeah. Um, I don't want to hear people crying anymore about, oh, I've got to get a train that'll take me three hours. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not having that now. Um, and then definitely flying. I do still have like a two, three hour drive to the typical airport that I usually fly out of just price range. My local airport's stupid expensive for some reason, but like even that three hour drive to get to the airport to hop on like a four hour flight and then still have to drive maybe like 45 minutes to an hour in whatever state we're in to get to a venue. So traveling over here has definitely been just, you get used to sitting in the car and you're just used to going. And over there, it was just being with Franco was like, oh, yeah, this day we got to take a bullet train. This day we have a six, seven hour bus ride. This day we got to take the two, like four stations, get on bus here and then hop on another train. So definitely being with him has kind of like helped. And I'm going to be completely honest. It's nice traveling like that sometimes. Um it's just different than what we're used to. We're used to just airports and cars. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Most people don't get to fly where they're going. Um, so definitely not saying I'm not graceful, grateful for flying, but I know we have a show coming up December 3rd in Stratton, Illinois. Um, we came to the conclusion that we're going to take the FTE crew and drive make like a little weekend out of it so it's definitely a nice priority over here i think that's like a 13 hour drive versus i think it was a four hour flight so um trans over there it was nice not having to worry about driving or flying all i had to be was at a train station or a bus station and then i just got to sit back and sleep on the bus or sleep on a train and next thing you know we're there that's fair that's fair um before we talk about first time ever and their big shows because you've done some great shows you've got some big ones coming up i was very blessed to provide some graphics for one as well which i was incredibly humbled to do like i see it as one of the bigger promotions in america and the quality of cards you guys are putting on are crazy um but let's talk about obviously franco varga you know we're talking about wrestling royalty uh, to me um you know it's it's not hyperbole you, you probably know from my facebook and from the podcast that i'm very kind of ruthless with my opinions i don't really hold back and stuff like that but i always like to think that i'm honest and when i met 
Franco Varga and the experience of working with him, whether it's been online, discussing graphics or videos or whatever it might be, the podcast and also the wrestling show itself. He is, for me, the quintessential professional wrestler. Like, that is what everyone should strive to be. He's a class act. He's, you know, takes his craft so seriously. He doesn't take himself too seriously, which I think is fantastic. A great sense of humor. Like, he ticks every box of what a great professional wrestler should be. And he's one of those guys that, you know, you sort of look at him and think, you could be anywhere. You should be in WWE, you should be in AEW, you should be in Impact. I know he's had, you know, flittering moments and he's had sort of experiences with different companies and things like that, but he's really loving what he's doing. And when I asked him on the podcast, hey, you know, you want to get to the big dance? He was like, do you know what? I'm pretty cool doing what I'm doing. I enjoy what I'm doing. And I get to work with some of the best in the world anyway. Um, I don't know how much that might have changed, but the dynamic of Franco Varga has been so important to you. I know that. I know you mentioned it on another podcast recently. Um, talk to me about your relationship with Franco, how you guys first met and how much he's kind of, obviously we know how much he means to you. We know how important he is to you, but I just wanted to reiterate that point because the man deserves infinite love for what he gives to our business. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Um, so this story, actually not many people know how him and I, officially like started going on the road together so here in virginia or i guess the mid-atlantic uh there's a guy named preston quinn been around probably longer than i've been alive um he, he so he used to help book a show in north carolina which had franco on it and i was on it he actually talked to franco was like hey there's this 19 year old kid 20 year old kid at the time he needs the right guidance. Can you take him under your wing? Franco could have said no. Frank, like, I believe it was out of, he was coming back from Japan. So, like, he's already traveling the world. And he, he, you got this guy asking him, hey, can you take this kid on your wing? Like, in all fairness, he could have said no, but he didn't. Um, I, I got a DM randomly out of blue saying, hey, fr from Franco. It was like, hey do you want to go to Maine? He was like, get to my house at this time and we'll ride together kind of thing. And ever since then, it was, it just uh, grew into this brother relationship of typically where you see one, there's the other. Um, as much as I can get on the road with him, there are some situations, some times where you'll see him without me and, all fairness, like, dudes paid his dudes. Like, I'm pretty sure if Franco got – if Franco mentioned that he wanted to be signed somewhere, he would have his fucking emails uh, fluttered with offers. Um, But the fact that he opened my eyes of, hey, you don't have to be signed to be someone in this business. That's one thing I was never taught. I was always taught, oh, yeah, you know, you got to pay your dues and maybe you'll get a shot at WWE. Maybe you'll get a shot on Impact, Reign of Honor, all this stuff. Um, something he said to me that kind of stuck out was being signed doesn't make you happy and being independent doesn't make you broke. So he definitely, like, opened my eyes to, hey, I can do what I love doing and not be, like, signed to anywhere i can do my own thing i can have 100 percent of like creative control over my own self i get to pretty much work for myself 
and still manage to, like you said, wrestle the best in the world. Um, guys who've been there, guys who've been to the show, to the big dance, uh, I get to wrestle them on an independent level. So, like, easy to say without Franco Varga, I would not be where I am today. Um, I don't think I would have quit wrestling or anything like that, but I definitely wouldn't have been over to the UK, wouldn't have gotten the amount of growth I've had in a short span. Uh, I honestly credit him to 90% of what I do. The other 10%, I like to think I have some creative ideas on my own self, but uh, no, but seriously, um, my family loves Franco. Uh, he's crashed on my couch plenty of times. Uh, I've slept over at his place plenty of times, and he's definitely like my road wife, and I'm his ro- road wife in a sense. I guess that's what his wife calls me. But um, yeah, no, dude. Um, dude does not get enough credit for what he does. Because first time ever has opened a lot of doors for, for a lot of people that that people don't give credit to. I know myself, I wouldn't have been able to wrestle half the people without it. Um, so that man has definitely opened my third eye to pro wrestling. And dude, I'm just so grateful for him. He's such a good dude. I'm pretty sure he's going to call me as soon as we're done and be like, all right, what did you talk about? How'd you do? Did you curse? No, good. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, he's definitely like a big brother to me now, and I'm excited to see where like the next year takes us. So it's funny you mentioned cursing actually, because like, like I, I curse like a trooper. Like you know, I'm I'm terrible for that. Like I'm a you know a potty mouth, as you guys like to say. And but then when I'm around Franco, it, it just dials back. All of a sudden, I feel like I'm in a big, high-pressure environment, like a big PR stunt or a, a big kind of job interview. All of a sudden, I'm like, yes, Mr. Varga, of course, Mr. Varga. He brings that level of professionalism and quality out of you. And my biggest compliment I can give Franco Varga is that he makes being an independent professional wrestler a superstar position. You can be a superstar in independent wrestling. You can be as big as a W. But I look at Franco and I genuinely think that guy, in my opinion, is as big as a Drew McIntyre or a Seth Rollins. I look at him and think that is one of the best wrestlers in the world. And that is a superstar wrestler with superstar charisma and superstar ability. And that is from somebody who works in an independent format. So that's proof right there that, no, it's not all about being signed. It's all about making an incredible world for yourself. You can build your own empire. You don't have to rely on somebody else's. That's that's kind of what I've been trying to do here. And that's something that I really admire Franco for. And he, for me, is the benchmark of how we should all be in professional wrestling. Let's talk about first time ever. Uh, amazing promotion. Love the the concepts of it you know every show has something different every bit of graphic design like i said i did the power rangers one which was very cool you know i was very blessed to get an opportunity to flex myself but there's so many great graphic designers what i love about franco is that he's not just like hey i've got this core group of guys and that's it nobody else comes in you know this kind of bubble that you get in professional he's all about you know, I'll bring Aaron Nix in for a show to help me out with graphics. I'll bring this guy from wherever. You know, he's used so many different people and he's built this incredible level of connections. And now what he's doing is putting on these insane cards. Next up for you, obviously, in Illinois, 
is uh, Myron Reed, who obviously a lot of people might recognize from MLW. Um, the first time I ever saw him was quite a few years back for PWG, because uh, I'm a huge mark for the Rascals. And um, I like to think I'm sort of reasonably on a good level with Wesley, who some people might know as Desmond Xavier, somebody that I really love and respect as well. And here you are, wrestling one of the former Rascals, wrestling a big name, you know, a former middleweight champion in MLW and all these different things. Um, and, you know, we've already mentioned the fact you wrestled, you know, Jody Fleisch and Leon Ruff. You know, this, this, the names go on and on. You're starting to tick off. Like, if anyone had a bucket list of the who's who of the indies, you are starting to work your way through it nicely. Um, talk to me about the setup of first time ever, what the kind of environment's like, because everyone can see the card for themselves, but not everyone can see what goes into making this one of the best independent promotions in America. So, at first time ever, we do carry ourselves professional but we don't want it to seem like a job. We make it a very family-oriented environment there um, with the level of respect and professionalism for each other. Because the my thing is, there's a big difference between a job and a career. A career is something you love, and a job's just temporary. So we try to keep the job aspect away from first time ever and make it that homey career feeling of, hey, this is a promotion I want to be on. This is a show that I need to get on. Um, and the whole Myron Reed setup has been brewing since uh, him and I first shared a locker room back in FTE1. It's been one of those matches that a lot of the boys were talking about, like, yo, this would be dope. And then as soon as we dropped the flyer, it's fans were like, oh, my God, this is the matchup. I didn't know I need to see until I saw it kind of deal. Uh, so there's definitely have been a lot of buzz going around it. And what first time ever is just one of those things where it's, hey, we're indie guys putting on WrestleMania show, like quality shows here. And it's just been one of those things. Um, we took it over to the UK. PCW pre or presented first time ever. Uh, me and Jody and Franco and Doug. And that's hard enough. Like, bringing a promotion overseas like that but back to the topic of franco having those connections like this man like i'm pretty sure if he wanted to take over the world of professional wrestling he could <laughs> but uh yeah no it's definitely one of those things where we've built from the ground up so it's almost like our child we want to do everything we can to make sure we're putting on the absolute like best shows we can every time uh, of course, you know, we're going to have a bad match or two. That's just human nature. Like it, it stems off of not being the perfect thing. But when it comes to first time ever, it's all right. We got to bring everything we have plus more. And me versus Myron Reed has been one of those matches that's been talked about. And I'm actually taking the next hopefully month away from wrestling and just focusing on like my gym routine, my diet, making sure my body is like a hundred percent. Like, cause Myron can go. If we're going to be completely honest, Myron can go. He's definitely one of the like future names of professional wrestling. He is the future of this business. in my opinion, at least over here. And it's definitely going to be one of those matches where it's going to be talked about for a while. 
because we're colliding two very different styles. Myron Reed, who's very flippy, high flying, um, hard hitting, and then you have me who can take him to the ground, uh, hold for hold, and I'll still bring the fight to him, and I'll bring out a flip if I need to bring out a flip. So, it's, I believe the main event for that show is actually Franco Varga versus Alex Hammerstone. That's going to be a hard hitting match. So. What I like to think is uh, Myron Reed and I are the second main event or the other main event. Our main event, baby. That whole, like the whole show is there is no main event. Every match is a main event caliber match. And that's what the whole basis of FTE is. Is it doesn't matter if you're on first or last. That's just where you are on the card. Every match, main event quality. So definitely when it comes to FTE, I do bring out a little special, a little bit more fire into me. Um, it's just one of those show out things, man. It's definitely where I test what I've learned and where I can grow. Yeah, it's um, it's a stack card. I'll put my little promoter's head on because, as you know, I do like pre-shows and reviews for shows and stuff like that. Um, I'm hoping to do something a little special for you guys and knock it out and put it on WrestlePlug so people can get a little bit more amped up for the show. But we've got an absolutely stack card here. So obviously, Jake Hollister versus Myron Reed is definitely the match that I'm most excited about from a personal standpoint. Uh, from just a sheer fandom standpoint, obviously the main event, MLW's major star, you know, Hammerstone facing Franco Varga. That is like, everyone knows I love meaty Hoss collisions. Alex Hammerstone is legitimately like Franco Varga, one of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, and that's that's not all. Like those two matches alone are worth the entrance fee. Um, but you've also got a number of different talents that I've noticed you've used before. You've got Blacktus Jack versus uh, MLW's Alex Kane. That's something I really like the look of. I really like Blacktus Jack, by the way. The gimmick just sits well with me. I think it's fucking cool. Uh, you got Pretty Boy Lane, Golden Dragon, Caribbean Tiger, triple threat match. That's going to be sick. Uh, obviously, card is subject to change, so my apologies if it does change between now and obviously this uh, drop-in. Um, the women's match as well. I'm very passionate about women's wrestling. I feel like it doesn't get enough credit it deserves. And what I love about Franco is he's winning to really push the boat out and make sure women are used the right way and given a proper, proper kind of platform to work. And you've got Casey Fox versus Celine Gray. Both have been on AEW Dark. Both beautifully talented people, great human beings. Uh, really like Casey Fox. Just, you know, massive, massive fan of hers. Um it's a fucking sick card. It looks fantastic. It's uh, like you say, it's uh, apologies if I don't pronounce it correctly. It's uh, uh, 32 North Point Drive, Streeter, Illinois. Um, or Strata. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. My apologies for any people because I know people from Chicago do not take fucking lightly to bullshit. Uh, <coughs> ticket prices are insane for this. $40 for a VIP ticket. $20 for front row. $10 for general. $10 freaking dollars. But general, it's ridiculous. Honestly, you're just giving it away at that point. Uh, doors open at six. Bell time is at seven. I do know that it should be available on Fight TV as well. Shout out to Global uh, Fight Pass who are involved as well. Um, just, just a stunning show. I'm really looking forward to properly watching that, breaking it down because I've checked in with some of the events. I've paid to watch the events, and they're just, they're just phenomenal. Um, any plans to bring it back over to the UK again at some point? I've put it in Franco's ear. I highly doubt he has a problem with bringing it back over to the UK, hopefully within the next year. Um, 
like I said, it's just one of those things where we got to make it, uh, get the logistics down of it and pretty much put it on a calendar. Um, like I said, I know he's going, going back in November and him and I have spoke hopefully within the not beginning of next year, but maybe April, March. I'm not trying to like timestamp anything because nothing's a hundred percent certain, but definitely around in the beginning of the year, I would love to come back. Um, but also something that got left out about FTE Illinois is VIPs. Uh, yes, tickets are $40, but if you have been paying attention to the FTE page, we do have a limited edition shirt for VIPs. You will get a, a exclusive first time ever Illinois shirt only available at the show, only available for VIPs. So that alone's worth the $40. Yeah. Um, but nah, dude, I would love to actually see FTE go like global, like not just over to the UK, but like one of my dream destinations has always been like Australia, like even outside of wrestling. I always make the joke with Franco of, oh, if I ever go to Australia, I'm coming back married type thing. Yeah, no, I love Australia. Um, Japan, Japan would be dope. Uh, just anywhere we can take FTE, FTE Canada, FTE Mexico, like oh, the, the ideas are so limitless with this. And that's the beauty of it is we can go to other people and be like, hey, here's our idea. Let's make it happen for you. So definitely would love to see FTE become like PWG or even AEW, but without like it being like a weekly running TV show, but like just be a staple in independent wrestling like that. So definitely high hopes for this company. And I truly believe like we can just take over the world if we really wanted to you know I, I hate being a shill like you know one of one of the things i'm really proud of is that every booking you see me get and you all know i work quite a lot now um i never asked for any of them i've always been approached which i'm really proud of you know i've i've you know people don't see the work that goes in like obviously you know nothing compared to what your gym schedule is and by the way man's body is insane it has to be said um but you know i this is the one company where I'm going to make an exception. I'm like, please use me. Like, I, don't care. I don't care about getting paid. I just want to work. I'm desperate to work those shows. I see them. I see the graphics. I see the match cards. I see the quality. It's I'm like, please give me an opportunity. I'm, I'm happy to fly over there, completely confident myself just to have the opportunity. Just to be in a locker room like that. I love the experience of it. A lot of times I'll go to shows and I'll just sit there and I'll just absorb or put out chairs and stuff like that because i i love stuff like that i love doing ring crew and things like that a lot of guys kind of snub that or think oh you know if i'm not wrestling i'm not interested i'm like i don't care just being in the room with a level of talent that i haven't been subjected to regularly that's important to me so it's it's a selfish thing but yeah no i me just like probably anyone else would love the opportunity to work those and you know you never know what's in the future but um we're looking forward to having you back we absolutely are Let's shift gears and talk about horror movies because um, I have a reputation of being a right pussy. Like, I'm terrified. I like, So, you know, 
I've gone through a lot and I, you know, I take most things in my stride, but horror films freak me out, man. Like I, I have a hard time with them. There's only like two or three where I think that's good shit. I like that. But I know that is something that's super ingrained in you. You're very passionate about it. It's one of your biggest loves. And I love the fact that you're making this incredible design of gear. that's all designed and based on different themes. You've got the Freddy Krueger stuff going on. I know you've applied so many different movies. Um, you know obviously we know that you love horror movies how important is it that you keep the theme of horror movies in what you do so and i talked about this um kind of on the other podcast that i've been on lately because it's been a more recent change that it's been so frequently of the whole horror movie thing and everyone's like why it's literally just who i am it's me bringing my personal life out into what I love doing. Um, I grew up watching horror movies ever since I was like six, seven years old. Um, I currently have like six or seven tattoos of horror movies. And I've always loved wrestling. So it's just like, it makes sense. And the idea actually stemmed from a band. So one of my favorite bands is called Ice Nine Kills. And... They came out with an album, like, probably 2018, called The Silver Screen. And all their songs are based off of horror movies. And ever since that album dropped, they skyrocketed in popularity. They just, like, did a show with Metallica. Um, They're selling out, like, stadiums and tours, festivals, and it's literally like i've met them i've talked to them a few times and it's literally them just being themselves there is no like facade there is no gimmick to say it's they all have a love of horror movies and they all love music so why not combine the both i'm like that makes sense and i love horror movies i love wrestling why why can't i do it so I believe the first gear design I had was actually Beetlejuice. Uh, Beetlejuice is my all-time favorite movie. I know it's technically not a horror movie. It's more of a comedy now, but um, definitely ever since then, we went with Freddy Krueger because my first ever horror movie was Freddy vs. Jason, uh, paying homage to Wes Craven and Robert England, Kane Hodder, all of those guys. Um, did it, Pennywise. Uh the Tim Curry Pennywise, not the Bill Skarsgård. Nothing, nothing wrong. I love the new movies, but Tim Curry freaked me out as a kid. Um, that was that that movie did get me, and I was just like, all right. As I grew up, I grew to appreciate it. Um, with the whole raincoat for Georgie, I made a bunch of paper boats called the SS Emo. Uh, it's literally just me being myself, having fun, and when I translate that to wrestling. It's, all right, this is me. This is who I am. I'm here. Let's let's have fun. Um, upcoming stuff uh, is Leatherface. Leatherface is definitely in the works. Awesome. Um, and Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Uh, definitely, like, it's different. I don't see many people at all, like, keeping with the horror theme. Of course, this time of year, Everyone's doing the Freddy Krueger gear. Everyone's doing some kind of horror thing. But as soon as October's over, 
they, they stop and they go back to whatever they were doing before October. But the amount of people that come up to me saying, we love what you're doing. Like you're just being your, and they can, fans are smart. Fans can tell when you're yourself versus when you're putting on a, a front, um, especially if you're not good at acting or good at figuring out who your character is. They're, they're going to read right through it if we're going to be completely honest. Um, so they can tell when you're being genuine towards yourself. It gives them more of a connection. Uh, definitely, I think as soon as COVID hit, at least here stateside, horror movies and anime became very popular amongst everyone. Uh, before, I kind of got looked sideways like, oh, you <laughs> like horror movies like that? You okay? It's like, yeah, but like ever since like COVID happened and like everyone got locked in, um, I noticed there was a trend in horror movies, anime, superheroes, uh, just pop culture in general. Definitely. So I was just like, you know what? I know this is me. I'm going to have fun doing it. I know the fans love it. Uh, they love the Jason mask, the Freddy hat. They love the paper boats. Uh, the amount of times I'll come up uh, and see like people holding up the boats, I'm like, uh, my heart. Um, we did a show in Oklahoma City for PopCon. There was probably three, four hundred people chanting "You'll float too." The moment I came out, and it's just like, oh my god, that's a moment. I, yeah, it's like I'm in the middle of a match. I can't start crying, but my heart, <laughs> um, because it's who I am. It's not like I'm putting on a gimmick anymore and having to portray, like, portray someone and that person's getting noticed. It's, oh, Jake Hollister loves horror movies outside of wrestling. And now everyone loves Jake Hollister because of the horror movies. So it's just like, okay. <laughs> so hopefully I can run with it as long as the crowd will love it. Um, things do get stale. I do believe in adapting in pro wrestling. So there probably will be an adapt uh, some kind of shift. Uh, hopefully no time in the near future. But um, definitely the moment I start getting that response from the crowd, it's like, all right, time to switch things up again. So, yeah, definitely went from the pretty boy of professional wrestling, uh, Jake Hollister to Jake Hollister, you know, the king of the emo scene, uh, the leader of the emo club and it's more who I am and people see it. They're like, all right, now I can get behind this kid. Yeah. So. I've watched, I've watched you evolve so quickly. Like, I remember when the graphic first dropped for you. Um, and obviously I handle a lot of the social media and stuff for CWP. And I remember looking at it and thinking, and that, that just looks like a, a pretty American professional wrestler. Like, I'm curious to see what this guy is all about. There was definitely an edge of like, yo, this looks like a good professional wrestler, but the change has been fantastic. You still look like you, you know, you haven't tried to completely change how you look as a person so much as you have adapted and brought in all these facets of your personality. And that's the same with me, you know, the Egyptian death machine. I'm half Egyptian. I'm very proud of that heritage. I bring a lot of Osiris kind of nods and things like that. I like looking at different gods. 
cards, different get-ups. The idea is hopefully to have different gear to represent each one, different color schemes, things like that, and a different style of wrestling to hopefully associate with each one, which is nice as well. Um, you know, it's, it's there's nothing wrong with evolving. There's nothing wrong with changing, but there's also nothing wrong with being you in professional wrestling. It's a really great lesson that people can take from this podcast is that it's not always about, you know, there's so many guys messaging me and they're like, what do you think of this gimmick? And I'm just like, is it you? I'm like, no. It's just something I thought I was like, do you first. Make sure it's you, quintessentially you. There's nothing wrong with, you know, exploding the volume, making it different. But most importantly, it has to have part of you. Because the one thing that you said there, which was crucial, was that if you are not yourself, if you are not believing in what you are presenting, fans will see right through it. And they do every time. And that's when they lose their connection with you. And then all of a sudden you get lost in that shuffle. Um We'll get to word association in a moment, which is what we normally cap things off with. Just before we do that, uh, two things. First of all, the gym, you know, the body change. Like, you know, like I said, man is shredded. Like, I've, I've never seen anything like it. The growth. I know Cam- Cameron Anderson, like, who is actually really starting to pick up a good amount of traction here. He's told me on several occasions how inspired he is by what you're doing and the work you're putting in and the way your body has changed over that past year. You know, you were in great shape, um, but some might argue a bit of a skinny kid, maybe. You know, that's what the veterans would say. I mean, <laughs> I, I've never been skinny, so I'm never going to fucking talk about anyone's body. But you know, seeing you uh, just from your Instagram story and the passion and the time you've put in there is clearly an incredible amount of dedication that's gone into that. Um, have you enjoyed that process? How's it been? Like, you know, you said that you're going to take a month off, fine tune your diet, get back into that kind of routine. Um, you know, has, has it been tough for you or have you found the right routine, the right regimen for you? So ironically, I found this website that, breaks down like superhero workouts not like the superhero character but like how the rocks being black adam they have the rocks black adam workout routine so what i like to do is i'll look up like my favorite anime character my favorite superhero uh get like pull them from everything and make my own workout routine out of it and that kind of keeps me motivated like hey i'm training like people i love like i'm doing a spider-man workout with a gohan workout kind of thing um and actually uh jody jody flesh actually keeps me motivated uh he he does uh comment time to time he'll send me a message saying hey um bro i see the growth keep at it super proud so like those kind of things definitely help the motivation and the diet i've it's honestly chicken breast rice broccoli the standard but I love that food personally. Like I could eat it every day. So the diet itself was never much of a chore, just how much I'm eating. But um, yeah, no, dude, I, t- I look at the gym almost as a therapy outlet. It's two hours. All I do is put on my music. I'm in my zone. Um, even people at my gym come up to me. They're like, dude, you put on some size in the last two weeks. Like you're pushing me. I'm like, thank you. Um, and it's just, it's been a rough year for me personally. You know, I went through a really bad breakup in the beginning of the year and I kind of found solace in the gym of just going out, just working out, pushing my body. And then afterwards I feel so much better mentally um, that it's gotten me through rough times to the point where it's just a habit now of 
all right, I'm in the gym for two hours. And when I'm not in the gym, my body hurts. And I'm just like, oh, I don't like that. But um, yeah, no, uh, my thing, to, what I tell people is find what works for you. Don't take what I'm doing and assume it's going to work for you because it's not. Everyone's body's different. Um, it took me up to now to actually start putting on size. I was always a smaller kid. Um, I looked at pictures from three years ago and comparing them to now, it's like day and night. But it took that three years of me trialing and error, trying to figure out what works, what's not going to work. Um, and yeah, it's just, I found love in the gym. I don't view it as a chore. Most people go to the gym as a chore of, oh, I got to go work out. I got to look good for this. I got to look good for that. If you're going to work out, do it for you. Don't do it for anyone else. And don't, like, take the good with the bad. People are going to say you're going to look good, but they're always going to be someone bigger than you. Never get discouraged. Just keep pushing. That's why, like, I tell people, like, as long as you're there for you, don't worry about what the guy next to you is doing. So, um, shout out to Cameron uh, for pushing himself in the gym. Proud of you. Uh, if you have any questions, my DMs are always open. Uh, same thing with anyone who uh, will watch and listen to this podcast. I'm not a personal trainer. I can only give you my personal experience advice. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's pretty much how it's been for the past year. Definitely pushing my body past a breaking point, but also giving my body that time to recover. Well, you look fucking incredible, man. And uh, yeah, more power to you. Very proud of you to push through. Uh, a lot of people know if they look at my Facebook, they'll know exactly what kind of shit I'm going through and stuff like that. And it's very refreshing and very cool to see somebody like yourself. And it draws inspiration, even from someone like me. I can look at that and I feel inspired to be better and push harder. I've applied the same work ethic that I picked up from you and Franco to what I do. There's no you know coincidence that my career has blossomed since i did that show with guys like yourself because i was able to take that and then apply that and the strength so you and franco are very much intrinsically linked to how i've become better at my craft and more professional as well and the biggest compliment i've ever got is from franco when i did the graphic design he said like the professionalism the ease that you were to work with and the turnaround was so good and i just thought well that's to be honest, because of people like you. So, and people like Jake Hollister. So, um, yeah, you can't, you can't really go wrong having a Jake Hollister in your life, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you uh, take the time. If you want advice on the wrestling business already at such a young age, he's flourishing and deserves to flourish. So we're all very proud of you, mate. We're all, we've all got crazy man crushes, as you know. Um, speaking of man crushes, it's time for word association. So I'm going to list a few names in professional wrestling. And you're going to give me a word to describe these individuals. Now, obviously, some of these you might remember or might not, depending on, you know, because you've been very busy. So uh, don't be afraid to say pass. And I'm sure they won't take it too personally. The running joke on this podcast is whenever somebody says Frankie T, everyone goes, who? Just because uh, one of the women's wrestlers over here didn't know who he was, even though she'd been booked by him. And when I said Frankie T, she went, who? I was like, you know, the guy who booked you. And she was just mortified. So that's kind of stuck with the poor guy. Um, so we'll start, obviously, with, you know, <laughs> the most obvious one you could possibly ask. Uh, one word to describe Franco Varga. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, let's see. One word. Big. 
take it how you want to take it. I know how he's going to take it. So, but with three G's, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I trust me. I saw the first time ever with the extra R's. Like, I know what you're up to, boy. Very good. Um, very, very good. One word to describe Jody Flush. Knowledgeable. Perfect. Uh, Doug Williams. The definition of a veteran. Absolutely. Yeah. But like that, like he's been to the top and he still like watched my match. He still gave me advice. Like last time I talked to Franco, he talked to Doug and like Doug checked in on me. So like he's the definition of what a veteran should be. Yeah. Yeah, we call him the ambassador of British wrestling for a reason because of yeah. just that. Yeah, he is the benchmark and in many ways the poster child for what a veteran should be. Uh, one word to describe, Myron Reed. Ooh, uh, mm, there's so many. Let's go with Ooh. Let's pass on this one for now. I gotta think about this one. Not a problem. We'll come back tomorrow. Uh, there's a few. Uh, I, I ask people to send in names as well. So there's a few like randoms in here and celebrities and things like that. Uh, one word to describe Kenny Omega. Oh, cleaner. Nah. Uh, yeah, actually, he's kind of been the cleaner for pro wrestling for the past like decade. Man, he's come in and changed the name of the game. Um, he's literally the definition of actually evolve because he's gone from golden lovers to bullet club to cleaner to what he's like the machine to incorporating uh his video game love into his character. So actually evolve would like be that word. One word to describe Casey Fox. It's not one word, but I've referred to her uh, before. It's a $5 Walmart bin, Dolly Parton. Wow, that is... Gotta delve in there. <laughs> I say it with love. Um, I I cut a promo on her one time at a show, and that's what I call her. So whenever she, Brilliant. like, I check in with her, I was like, what up, Dolly, Dolly Parton? <laughs> Yeah, now's probably not a good time to admit the crush I have on her, um, especially after hearing what you just referred to us. But it is what it is. It's all good, man. It's all good. The way you're looking at Australia, that's the way I'm looking at America. Like, I, I won't leave America. I'll just get married and stay there. That's just how it is. Um, one word to describe Ebenezer the Geezer. Ebenezer the Geezer. Oof. Charismatic. Dude's got a lot of charisma. Um, definitely one of the joys was meeting him and working with him. So, dude, like, keep pushing. I got, I got, I'm rooting for him. Yeah, I've been yelling at him to just keep going because he does have that that tangible it factor as a character. Um, you know, and his in ring game is pretty decent actually. People don't get to see that enough because he's so character base but he can work you know he's he's super talented i have really high hopes that he can be something special and uh fun story for you, he's now my tag team partner so hey, look at that 
pretty cool. It's very cool. So yeah, expect a lot of shenanigans when we're wrestling together. Fucking hell. Uh, one word to describe Cameron Anderson. Little brother. That's cute. Yeah. Like I said, he's one of the people from CWP that like messages me, like checks in on me. So definitely see the dynamic duo as a little little brother pair. So if that's the next person, same answer. I'm just yeah, gonna put them together and just say dy- dynamic duo. <laughs> You'll be pleased to hear they're now tag team bromance. Um, they've also brought in a guy called Victor Logan, really talented guy from Outcast on the Isle of Wight. It's a little island just off the south coast of England, and um, yeah, they they've just gone from strength to strength. I just did their logo for them, and they're actually challenging for the CWP tag titles in a week. So that'd be pretty cool as well. So uh, yeah, hopefully they'll do you proud, man. I'll send you a link to it and you can check it out if you get the time because uh, yeah. they'll love that. They'll really appreciate that. So yeah, Aaron Cruz, obviously little brother as well. So we can tick him off the list. One word to describe Joel Redman. Don't know what your interactions with Joel were like. Uh, I I mean, I left him and Frank alone and do, do their thing, but uh, he definitely seems to be on the professional level. So yeah. professional. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's amazing how many people still forget that he was the first ever NXT Tag Team Champion with Pac. You know, he's obviously got something in his locker. Uh, Joel is the absolute embodiment of professionalism. Yeah, absolutely. In the way Doug Williams is the embodiment of a veteran, Joel Redman is that for professionalism. You know, they go hand in hand. Um, They recently tagged together, actually, at Coliseum. Really good match, really good match. Uh, One word to describe... Interesting name. Jay Cargill. I'm not familiar. It's the huge Adonis-like Amazonian woman from AEW. She's currently the TBS champion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jade. I, I heard Jake for some reason. Um, so, Amazonian? I believe yeah. that's... Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's absolutely fair. I hope that's the correct use of the term and that's not offensive to women. Um, yeah. Home, like, homegirl. Like, she is just built different. Isn't she like like that's that's most guys will never achieve a body like that like that's that's something else like yeah no I I think she's incredible like when she just bounces off the screen holy shit like that is a star it goes from you looking at your phone to like looking at the TV again yeah so Yeah. yeah definitely like built different I guess if we're gonna kind of stay away from that i'm sorry if i offended anyone i didn't mean any kind of way but amazonian and built different <laughs> yeah i don't think Amazon, i mean you know like beth phoenix is called the glamazon you know glamorous amazonian so i assume it's uh it's nothing wrong with being amazonian there's nothing wrong with being big and strong and powerful and beautiful at the same time um hmm one word to describe alex hammerstone powerful Dude's jacked. Awesome. Dude just big. Like power. (laughs) I'm always I'm always one of the bigger guys in the room. And then I see guys like Jacob Fartu and Alex Hammerstone. I mean, (laughs) I don't want none of that. Thank you very much. They they would literally tear my limbs off. Very impressive. (laughs) I you I have no idea how excited I'm about him and Franco. Like that is (laughs) That is the collision to end all collisions. I assume the show will just end with the world imploding from the collision. Uh, or Thanos just snapping. 
Yeah, yeah, it's literally a Thanos moment for professional wrestling. So one of one of those two will stand alone as the giant of professional wrestling. I'm so excited about that match. Um, yeah, one word to describe Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh, Beetlejuice. Um, he the most like he's the ghost with the most man. Uh, Beetlejuice, like as a character himself, uh, actually went like a lot of people don't know the actual like in depth history about Beetlejuice, but um, from what the movie portrays is not the original concept of Beetlejuice. Uh, the original concept was he was supposed to be super dark, super evil. Like he was like the movie was meant to be a horror movie, but um, definitely uh, Michael Keane knocked out of the park with beetlejuice if anyone's uh kept up with the anime or the cartoon from the 90s he's definitely he has the most like dude dude's got it like if that dude's talking i'm paying attention <laughs> yeah it's it's a cold classic i love that i absolutely love that uh one word to describe freddy krueger oh the man of my dreams yeah i can't <laughs> compete with freddy krueger come on man uh that's just not happening He's literally in everyone's dreams. Like, yeah, that was that was the first horror film I ever saw, and it scared the fucking shit. I saw it when I was like nine. Never been the same. Never no, that, ever been the same. That was Johnny Depp's first uh, movie. Was it really? Ever. Oh, it was. Wow. If you re if you uh, go back and like just rewatch the opening credits, it even says introducing Johnny Depp. So very cool. Very cool. See what I mean? You get knowledge and everything. Like you are the perfect guest, man. Well, uh, well, have you on just to discuss horror? I do. A, I've started doing a new podcast called Silent and Death Machine, and it's just like a general conversational piece. It's not about wrestling. And um, one of the shows that's coming up is about horror films and stuff. So it'd be very cool to get you on to just you know wax lyrical about horror for an hour and educate my squeamish ass. Uh, <laughs> one word to describe Axton Low. Oof. Flippy. So, uh, yeah, Axton. I, yeah, dude flips, right? <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yeah, the uh, yeah, fun, fun little story. I um actually the last time I wrestled back in March, uh, he was on the same card. He came over to Yard of White and worked at Outcast with um Blanco Loco and um, uh, Dream Girl Ellie as well. And he was, uh, he was a fucking joy to be around. Very similar to you guys. He was just so super cool. And when I met him, I was surprised because he's just, you know, you never really get a gauge of what a wrestler looks like or their size until you're in front of them. And he's, you know, he's relatively short, I'd say, but like he's got such an incredible low center of gravity. And he literally gets in the ring. He's like, oh, you mind if I, you know, a lot of wrestlers, especially um foreign imports, when they come over, they're very chill. Um, whereas he was like, oh, you know, do you mind if I jump in and immediately like get a feel for the ring? I was like, yeah, of course, man. He just immediately gets in, does a handspring and then a, a moonsault and lands on his feet. And I'm like, okay, I guess I got to fuck myself then. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's just like Jesus. Uh, for my short interactions with Axton, like dude's professional. Um, I believe he's a cheerleader or a former cheerleader. Like, yeah, he used to just... be a male cheerleader, yeah. So I can definitely like, like see where he gets the flips from um but yeah no dude dude loves to flip um he's the first dude i took a uh 
he had me in a cross body and did a standing moonsault. I'm just like, all right, that's kind of impressive. Like, but yeah, no, dude loves his flips. Um, and it's no shot to people who love to flip, but yeah. Yeah, no, he's an athlete. He's an incredible athlete. Um, his match with Speedball Mike Bailey, I highly recommend anyone who wants to check out a good match. That was amazing. Um, there he goes again. I thought he was going to do that. Oh, there it is. He's back. Um, that's, that should be a much easier edit. Thank fuck. <laughs> Luckily, we're near the end. My apologies for the uh, technical. It's you know, it's the first time he's done it for a year. I'm very disappointed in that. Um, the camera obviously can't handle your beauty, and that's what that is. I just think it's a mixture of both of our beauties. Like it's just an overload. How do you think the internet's going to respond? It's like two good-looking dudes. We can't take it. It's like Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. Deadpool three. It. We're just not going to be able to contain it. I mean, I'll, I'll try to fit. I'm more like Beast from X-Men, I guess, if I had to be jumped into a category. I'd love to be Hugh Jackman, but that ain't happening anytime soon. Um, although I have uh, just recently rejoined the gym, so you never know. I might uh, bend your ear over that a little bit more, but I appreciate it. You're far too nice to me. Far too nice. Um, nice guy, Jake Hollister. Right, two more, and we shall get out of Dodge, my friends. One more before the obvious ending. Uh, one word to describe. I've got like 25 still left, but we're not going through all of those. So I'm trying to think who's going to be the best one. Ah, one word to describe. Caribbean Tiger. Dude, I love Caribbean. Um, definitely brother. Uh, I worked with him recently on FTEVA. Me and him have shared a locker room plenty of times. Dude, super cool. He loves, he loves wrestling. He loves what he does. Um, he's the type of person where it's like, hey, I need you to do this on this spot. Yes, love it. He's like there for it. So, um, definitely love the dude like a brother. Um, definitely excited to work with him more, not in the sense of me and him wrestling, just being in the same locker room with him. Um, so exotic would be the word. He's definitely yeah. an exotic character. If you guys haven't looked him up, definitely recommend it. It's definitely something you probably haven't seen before. Yeah, he's, um, I mean, to be honest, like the entire FTE roster and the guys that worked here, they're all like massive bucket lists for the podcast. Like, I'd love to have them all on because they're just so sick. That they're all just so so cool. Although now that I, now that we've heard what Casey's all about, she probably doesn't want to come anywhere near this podcast. <laughs> I don't uh, blame. Yeah, uh, listen, yo, what up, Dolly Parton? Uh, trying to get on this podcast real quick. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, yeah, this, this guy's a big fan of yours. I'm like. I'll just be red the whole time. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. And one word to describe the king of the emo scene, Jake Hollister. Oh, dude, it's emo. Like, that's the best word to sum it up. It, it categorizes me perfectly. I fit the emo vibe. Um, I put my emotions on my sleeve all the time, especially when it comes to wrestling. And that's kind of how I've always been growing up. Um, everything I do, I believe I put 110% into it. And when I don't, it's very obvious that I don't, but there is one that we do at the end on that I did say pass to, and I was kind of hoping it would have been the end and that's Myron Reed. 
Myron is the future. That is the word for Myron. He, dude's like so good. He's so professional. Um, it's definitely going to be a. It's going to be one of the bigger matches I've had of the year. But like, dude is the future of professional wrestling. Yeah, that's if you earmark your calendar. If you're a huge fan like me and you absorb wrestling like crazy. There is just one match you should watch this year. I truly believe it should be Jake Hollister versus Myron Reed. I have very, very high hopes. No pressure, but I know you guys are going to kill it. It's going to be sick. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, where can people find Jake Hollister on social media? And most importantly, where can I buy some of that sick emo merch? Emo merch. All right. So first off, we'll go on, go on Instagram. Just type in DJ Hollister. You'll see my little emo face. And actually, on Instagram, you'll see a little link in my bio. If you click it, you'll see my Hot Topic link. You'll see my Pro Wrestling Tee link. Um, my Twitter is Pretty Jake H. And then on Facebook, it's just Jake Hollister. Um, so you can find all that stuff on my Instagram in that little link in my bio. Yeah. Uh, for anyone who maybe didn't pick it up, Check out the descriptions on the YouTube channel. And also, if you listen to this via audio, because it is available on all platforms, it will be in the description of the podcast. So make sure you check out those links and you know, make sure you spend your money well. And uh, also, there'll be links available for the tickets. There'll be a QR code actually on the screen throughout this entire podcast, which you've probably already seen, no doubt. Uh, if you scan that, that'll take you directly to the ticket link for first time ever for all its events not just chicago because they've got some great shows coming up i know that they've uh, i believe they've announced texas for next year in february as well which is yep. uh, something something i'm sizing up because i'm looking mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking at all the dates and i'm thinking one of those is going to get a surprise appearance from me i just don't know which one it is i so. also announced first time ever uh vegas july 1st that one i'll put put me down for that one <laughs> Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I need I need to get me some of that. That is a that, cool place to wrestle. That show's gonna be a little extra special because uh a certain emo boy will be turning 25 on that show. July 1st. Yeah, so that show's gonna mean a little bit more than what people think. <laughs> All right, I'll bring the cake. <clears throat> I look forward to it. Just just let me know what intolerances you have beforehand because the last thing I want to do is cause any allergic reactions. Jake Hollister, <laughs> man, like I, I've only met you once in person. Um, we get to chat sort of infrequently and we have little conversations and stuff online. You are hands down one of the coolest people I've met in life, never mind wrestling. Thank you very much for coming on the WrestlePlug, man. It is a genuine pleasure. Thank you. It was it was an honor and a pleasure for myself. So this is the Emo King, the leader of the Emo Club, Jake Hollister. And you are listening, watching the greatest podcast, Russell Plug. Thank you for having me. I'm going to go back now and check the last podcast and see if you said it on that. And then I'll be like, motherfucker, you called that the greatest podcast. <laughs> I'm on to you, son. I'm on to you, but thank you very much. And we always, do you know what? You're the first guy who's, uh, I never ask wrestlers to do sound bites. I should, shouldn't I? Never do. You're the first one to just do it completely ad lib. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much, man. The best of success. I cannot wait until you're so big that you forget what the wrestle plug is because at some point you are going to be one of the biggest stars in the world. Congratulations, man. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. It does mean a lot, and hopefully we'll get to see each other again in person, hopefully sooner than later. 
Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. The money has been put aside. The flights are ready to go. Just waiting for the booking. <laughs> <laughs> waiting for that booking. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for watching the Wrestle Plug. Please, please follow Jake Hollister. Genuinely one of the best wrestlers in the world and no doubt going to be one of the biggest stars in professional wrestling and the world. And not only that, you can chat about horror films with him. So that's all that's good. And until then, I've been Aaron X, but most importantly, he's been Jake Hollister. We'll catch you very soon for more content from the Wrestle Plug.